You're listening to Pilgrim Walk, where we discuss what it is to be holy in an unholy world. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Pilgrim Walk. I am your host, Rob Pineda. I'm so glad you could join me today. We are in the month of May. It's kind of crazy that we've already made it this far. Uh, For me, at least, it feels like we just got through the holidays. Uh, But here we are in the fifth month. I mean, we're almost, almost halfway through the year. And uh, it's kind of crazy that that's happened the way it's happened. Kids are starting to finish up school for the year. Some kids are getting ready to uh, go on to bigger and better things as the uh, fall will approach us uh, much more quickly than we are probably anticipating. So today, we are going to talk about what is your idol? Now, you might not think that you have any idols, perhaps. Maybe you're like, well, you know, I don't have any statues of any foreign deities in my home. I don't have any Uh, little statues in my garden of any type of pagan idol, such as a Buddha or anything like that. Uh, And even if you did, maybe you say, well, yeah, but I don't worship the thing, right? Oftentimes, when we're thinking of an idol, that's what we're thinking of. That's what we're looking at. And yet, we all have a tendency to drift towards worshiping an idol of some kind. Right now, our world is, gosh, it just seems like it's in a lot of trouble, doesn't it? With everything still happening in Europe with the war between Russia and Ukraine and the Western nations aiding Ukraine and possibly escalating things because of that uh, into maybe a full-fledged war with Russia and the Western nations, the war seems crazy. And it doesn't seem like it's going to end. But here at home in the United States, we have our own troubles that are erupting. It was just recently reported that uh, a leaked draft of the majority opinion from the Supreme Court of the United States, uh, it looks like the Supreme Court is going to overturn the Roe versus Wade decision from 1973, which... Uh, It will not make abortion illegal, but what it will do is kick it back to the individual states for them to decide what happens. People are up in arms over this. Um, You have people that are are just going crazy, and they're just upset. They're protesting. There's even threats of violence, and there actually has been some violence reported. And what does the world look to in times of trouble like this? The world is always rebelling against God. It's nothing new. The world is always looking for some answer, providing it's not God. The idea of a sovereign God ruling over everything just doesn't compute in the world's thinking. I'm going to look at Isaiah chapter 45 today. I'm going to start in verse 18 of Isaiah 45, and I'm going to read through uh, just the rest of the chapter. It's just a few verses. So again, that's Isaiah chapter 45, going to start in verse 18. And let's see if we can get a little clarification here on, on what we're talking about. 
For thus says the Lord, who created the heavens, he is God, who formed the earth and made it. He established it. He did not create it empty. He formed it to be inhabited. I am the Lord, and there is no other. I did not speak in secret in a land of darkness. I did not say to the offspring of Jacob, seek me in vain. I, the Lord, speak the truth. I declare what is right. Assemble yourselves and come. Draw near together, you survivors of the nations. They have no knowledge who carry about their wooden idols and keep on praying to a God that cannot save. Declare and present your case. Let them take counsel together. Who told this long ago? Who declared it of old? Was it not I, the Lord? And there is no other God besides me, a righteous God and a Savior. There is none besides me. Turn to me and be saved, all the ends of the earth. For I am God, and there is no other. By myself I have sworn, from my mouth has gone out in righteousness a word that shall not return. To me every knee shall bow, every tongue shall swear allegiance. Only in the Lord it shall be said of me, our righteousness and strength. To him shall come and be ashamed all who were incensed against him. In the Lord all the offspring of Israel shall be justified and shall glory. This passage that I just read is telling us a couple of things. One, it's showing idolaters and their foolishness serving false gods and idols. I mean, over and over again, I am the Lord. There is none besides me. There is no other God, capital G God. But these people still worship something. They worship these idols. It's foolishness. Those idols and those gods, those false idols and false gods, cannot save. That's the first thing this passage is talking about. And then the second, this passage is strengthening and encouraging God's faithful to continue to trust solely in him, the one true God. Those are two things that that passage is talking about, and we have to look at it from this perspective. There was a lot of idolatry going on in Israel. Uh, the nations that surrounded the kingdom of Israel and the people of Israel were all pagan. Uh, some of the things that they did in this pagan worship were unbelievable. You wouldn't believe it uh, except to read it, and the archaeological evidence that we can show that these things did indeed take place. We're talking human sacrifice, infant sacrifice. Um, we're talking about all types of other things that well, we can't really discuss here. I'd like to try to keep this a, a family podcast. But I could tell you this, by reading this and comparing it to today, there's not a huge difference. People have always been making idols. Humans are masters at making these things. And I'm talking about the unregenerate and the regenerate alike. Humans have a heart, unfortunately, that is a, is a factory-making muscle. We love our idols, and we always have as a human race. We always have. We just read something from antiquity. They had the problem then. We've got the problem now. 
The big difference, if we're going to see one, is people are typically not worshiping an idol like we think of it. They're not making um, some sort of god into a little statue and then praying to it. That's not the type of idols that we typically see in American culture and society. Yes, in different places around the world, there are idols just like that. Uh, they are still worshipped. They are still giving uh, gifts uh, to these idols. But here in America, that's not predominantly what we see. What we see today is a different kind of idol, a different kind of god. The world, in times of trouble, go to these idols and gods for protection, for comfort, for all types of things. Now, you might say, I just don't see people worshiping idols. This is crazy talk. Well, we show allegiance to our idols all the time. And we show allegiance by serving them over the one true God. Believers do fall into this trap. It's no different. It's no different than what we read in antiquity as far as us putting something in front of our worshiping the one true God. So when we're looking at our lives, what are some of the worldly things that we have made idols of? What are some of those things that we have taken and made idols that we serve over and above the one true God of the universe. Well, one of the biggest things that I think, that I see human beings today, believers included, uh, that they've turned into an idol is, are you ready? Here it is. Here's the biggest idol, I believe, comfort. I believe that comfort is the biggest idol that we see in the world today. We value our comfort in so many ways that we will put our comfort and our sense of well-being over top of God at any moment. Without even thinking twice about it, we are doing this. Right now, with all the problems going on, uh, in this country because of the Supreme Court uh, decision that looks like it's coming to overturn Roe versus Wade. You know, you have to ask, why are people so violently defending abortion? I mean, why would anyone want to kill an unborn baby? And, and, and sometimes they use excuses of, well, what about cases of rape or incest? Those cases are so minor when you look at the statistics. Now, they, they deserve to be looked at. I mean, these are serious things. But the vast majority, overwhelming majority, is the fact that people don't want to deal with the consequences of their actions. Abortion lets them escape them. Abortion lets people maintain their level of comfort. How many times have you done that? Not abortion, perhaps, but other things, where you will do whatever you can to maintain a certain level of comfort. This is probably the biggest idol that I see, but it is by far not the only idol that we have. Another idol is going to be celebrities. All different types of celebrities, whether they're on TV or they're uh, music uh, rec recording, you know, music recording artists, 
of, of various uh, genres, people worship these other people. They worship these celebrities. And you have to look, well, why? What is so great about these celebrities? So let's look at it like a music celebrity and the way people worship these other people. And then you look at these music artists' lives, and, and a lot of times they're just full of all kinds of corruption and filth. And people are worshiping them because they can sing. It's really sort of bizarre. Now, maybe there's something I'm missing here, but it because it doesn't make any sense to me. But celebrities are huge. People worship them. There are whole television shows about the daily lives of these different celebrities who it seems like a lot of them don't really do much of anything except sin and, and do it really well. And people want to watch this. They want to emulate them. Which brings us to another idol that's very related to celebrities, and that's entertainment. Entertainment can include all kinds of things. Now, I'm not saying entertainment is wrong in and of itself, but it's very easy, very easy to make it an idol in your life. And entertainment does include sports. Sports is entertainment. And some people have turned that into an idol in ways that it just blows your mind. The money that they spend in order to feed this idol is, is crazy. Some people look to politicians in the government, and they worship everything that these politicians say. If a politician tells them they should be doing something, they want to do it, because to them, the state is, is the greatest entity. To them, they must obey everything that the state says. Now, we are called to obey the government, providing what they are telling us to obey does not violate sacred scripture. However, we have some people that they are professing believers, and yet they will do whatever the government tells them. They have, they have idolized the government. They have idolized the state. They have idolized politicians. Some people will idolize looks. They will go out of their way and spend hours and hours and hours preparing themselves for some event. Now, how can that be an idol? Well, they're idolizing themselves. There's something that they're trying to obtain in their looks. A lot of times that goes into comfort because they're trying to achieve comfort, and they feel if they look good, then that'll open the door with other people in their lives that will somehow bring them future comfort. Money is a big idol. We have to have money in this world to operate. But some people go too far with money, and money becomes their savior. Money becomes everything to them. It's the object of their happiness. And then, of course, and I think this goes without saying, uh, things of a sexual nature can be idolized, and often is. And again, it all connects, again, to our comfort. It all connects to how we feel. And unfortunately, people live their lives with these different types of common idols that I just mentioned as being supreme in their lives. Now, you might say, how can I tell if something is an idol in my life? Well, there's a few things we can do. And this is not an exhaustive list by any means that I'm going to give you. But one thing we can do is what consumes your thoughts. 
What are you thinking about most often? Are you really concerned with, well, I got to watch this TV show tonight, and man, that's all I can think about. It's this TV show. I love this TV show. That might be an idol. Maybe. It's something at least worth exploring to see if it is. So what is our thoughts consumed with? What is our worldview in general? What kind of worldview do you have? You might say, well, I have a biblical worldview. Okay, do you? How do you look at things around, around you? Do you look at it with the lens of society and culture? Or do you look at it with the lens of the Bible? Because if you look at the world through the lens of Scripture, it's going to change your affections. Because all of a sudden, many of the things you love are things that God despises. And are you willing to let go of those things? It's a hard question. It's very difficult to deal with. It's very difficult to go through and look at our lives and see things that God despises. But we are to examine ourselves. And we have to remove those things and purge them from our lives. Something else we can do is what's around your house. Some people have collectibles, right? Now, having a collectible of some type doesn't mean you're idolizing them by any means. Some things you just like. But it can become strange when, when your whole house is of a particular figure from either movies or a book or TV or, or, or pop culture. And that seems to be everything that you're, you're just consumed with this particular um, idea or person. And so you have items around your house that reflect that. Yeah, that could become an, you could, that could be an idol. That could be an idol in your life. So those are just a few things that you can do to look at yourself to see, do I have idols in my life? And of course, praying. Don't neglect that. Pray about it. Lord, do I have idols in my life? If I do, please show me what they are. It'll be very quick um, to figure it out once God starts and the Spirit starts leading you. Reading Scripture, that'll help you determine if you have some idols in your life. We have to battle the idols in our life if we want to be holy in our living. In 1 Peter 1.16, it says, be holy, for I am holy. And again, if you remember, this whole podcast is all about being holy in an unholy world. That Greek word, hagios, to be separate, be different. We are set apart as Christians. We should be the ones examining our lives daily, looking for those idols that we can purge that we can get out the things that are standing between us worshiping the one true God of the universe. Things that we put all our effort in and that causes us to neglect God and the things of God. We are to be holy. Battle those idols. Don't let them take hold of your life. And an idol, folks, can, can be anything. It can be anything. It could even be something that is inherently considered Christian. Like, for example, maybe there's a particular speaker or an author that you really like. You can idolize those people. 
Be careful about that. Watch yourself. There's only one God. He's the only one that can save you. No human being on this planet can do anything for your salvation. Only God and God alone. Luke chapter 16, verses 13 says this, No servant can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God in money. The focus here is you cannot serve two masters. You're going to either hate one thing and not the other, or vice versa. You're going to put emphasis on one thing over another. So the question that we have to ask ourselves is, who will we serve? Thank you again for listening to Pilgrim Walk. For more information, go to our website at gracecm.org.